the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I want to solve the problems. I want to solve the problems. Uh, I don't want to solve the problems by undermining the Constitution. I think our problems are caused by undermining the Constitution. I don't want to do that, but I am willing to look at new ideas. I'm willing to I'm willing to work. I'm willing to compromise on some things, not my principles, but I am willing to compromise on things where, you know, we don't necessarily agree. But OK, that doesn't that doesn't shred people's life, liberty or pursuit of happiness. OK, let's try that. But I'm, I'm looking for somebody who is reasonable, somebody who is uh, somebody who is is as tired of it as I am. Because we're not getting anywhere and we're getting there fast. I don't know if you know this. We've already arrived. So we need to start to have conversations with people that are taking on power in their own space. I, I said this morning, I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a conversation. Courage is contagious. And I just want to start having conversations with people I may not even agree with. Yesterday, we had the guy from Politico, editor-in-chief of Politico, who was taking on his own side and saying, I don't know about this Russia thing. And he said he got a lot of pushback. Good for you. I may not agree with you, but good for you for saying, speaking truth to your power and saying, sit down for a minute. I'm not sure it's all like that. And we start to have to start looking for uh, people who can have those conversations in intelligent ways, not just sound bites. I think we have. Do we we have somebody here, Stu, that maybe fits that bill? I hope so. I hope so, too. (laughs) He's running for a Senate in Missouri. Austin Peterson uh, joins us. Austin, welcome. Welcome, Austin. Hi, Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. You bet. Uh, So how are things going uh, with your candidacy? Uh, well, we're not supposed to be doing as well as we are because the uh, the Republican establishment does not want me. But uh, we have actually had a, sort of a sea change in the last month. Um, this morning, I officially filed to run with the Secretary of State here in Jefferson City. So we've crossed the Rubicon and um, fundraising is going very well. We've got a lot of press. We've gotten a lot of good, strong conservative endorsements. Name ID is up. Um, I'm the hardest working man in the race. I've been all over the state multiple times, made a lot of good connections, and uh, people really like what they're hearing because, you know, I'm, I'm a different kind of a Republican, and, you know, I love my country and the Constitution, and I talk about how much I love freedom, and that's really a message that brings a lot of Americans together, and it really resonates well in Missouri. So so let's let's talk about this. You've had endorsements from Mary Matlin, Eric Erickson, Leon Wolf, who's the editor-in-chief of The Blaze magazine. Um, tell me, tell me... Helps help steer us through what's happening in Florida right now. You're in the Senate. What are you saying right now? Well, the first thing is, you know, we've got to be humans and empathize and say, I absolutely sympathize with the victims of this shooting. And, you know, I have my principles that I want to stick to. But the truth is, Glenn, is there there is no tragedy, no matter how great that justifies taking away the rights of innocent people. And what what bothers me is when I see some people on our side starting to cave to gun control measures through executive orders, and that's bothersome to me. But I think that the truth is, is that, you know, an armed society is a polite society. I think that, you know, America is strong because America is free and we have a right to bear arms. So I defend the Second Amendment, and I think we ought to stick firm to it. 
but yeah, we've got a problem. I think it probably lies in mental health, but you know what? It also probably lies in our fathers, right? Many of these shooters, they just don't have good fathers. I had a wonderful father who taught me how to have firearm safety and how to use a gun responsibly and defend myself. And that's probably what we need more of. But frankly, as a senator, I don't know how to solve that problem, right? I only have certain limited powers as a federal senator, and I can only be a moral leader and explain what I think the problem is. Tell me what you think of the idea that uh, our system is wholly inadequate for a irreligious and immoral people. That's what our founders said. Are we there yet? I don't think so, Glenn. Maybe it's because I'm young and naive, but I'm I'm just I'm really optimistic because you know, I, I interact with a lot of people out on the campaign trail. And when I talk to them about the future of our country, especially when you get when the economy starts to approve, people start to look at uh, things like these uh, shootings in Florida more as anomalies than anything. Because if you look at the data, violent crime involving guns is actually at an all time low. But the media likes to play it up. Remember, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So people see all the negativity on the media, and they confuse that for, for, for real life. But it's not real life. You know, shootings are, these kinds of shootings are very rare. Uh, and I think we ought, to, we ought to look back at that Reagan-esque, Reagan-esque sort of optimism. America is a shining city on a hill. I mean, the young people right now, the millennials, are now the largest voting bloc. I don't think a negative message is going to sell. I think we need a positive, optimistic message and that protects religious liberty for all Americans. It seems like, Austin, uh, as far as the gun debate goes after the shooting, we have kind of a two-side, uh, an argument on two sides, which one, the left, which is saying we're going to grab as many guns as we can get away with at this particular moment. And the, the Republicans seem to be pushing back on that and saying, we're just going to infringe on your right a little bit. Is that OK? <laughs> is that OK, Austin? No, not this Republican is saying things like that. Absolutely not. We need to obey the Constitution. There's a reason why it's an enumerated Right. Uh, and we need to follow due process. And, you know, I don't think mentally ill people who are dangerous should have guns. But the problem is the law enforcement agency is to blame because they failed to uphold their own protocols. Right. I don't understand why it is when we have a failure of government that we need to turn around and blame the, the freedoms of the people like that's the issue. It's not. Mm-hmm. And we even found out yesterday the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, tried to turn himself in. He, he, he reported on himself as having mental issue, mental health issues and problems. And then we had those sheriffs who didn't go in. You know, why is it always that when government fails, people blame freedom? I just, I can't go along with that. So Austin, um, I was watching uh, CPAC and they had uh, Marion Le Pen there. Uh, They had invited one of the bigger conspiracy theorists uh, from Gateway Pundit um, uh, to speak. And I, I look at the conservative movement and say, if, if that's who you're embracing, then I don't even know what a conservative means uh, or what a conservative is. Um, can you define the future of the conservative movement as you see it? Thank you for asking that question, Glenn. Uh, Glenn, uh, I have had a conversation with Ben Shapiro about this, and both of us agree. Conservatives need to accept the libertarian view on government, and libertarians need to accept the conservative view of institutions, families, friends, neighbors, churches, that will be needed if we have a smaller government to mm. solve society's ills. Amen. And, you know, I, th- I think the problem is, is that libertarians and conservatives, we've been sort of at each other's throats. But in order for us to... 
of the populist wave that we're seeing right now, which has, I'll admit, there are some libertarian instincts there, but generally they tend to they tend towards the darker side, towards statism very frequently. Uh, but I think the future with people like Ben Shapiro, people like yourselves, people like you know uh, myself out there advocating for a new alliance, a conservative libertarian alliance, that could be very powerful. If we all work together, I think that we can do something wonderful this year. That's why I'm running for, for Senate. I'm trying to bring conservatives on board. You know, I'm trying to bring libertarians on board. Sometimes we fight. Sometimes we hate each other. But I think that we should do what's in our best interest for our country. That's why I'm running. Do you have any, uh, as far as congressmen, senators that are currently serving that you, you look at and you say have this vision right? We have one, and I think that does, Thomas Massey coming on here uh, next hour. Is there anyone that you look at like that and you say, finally, at least that person's in there speaking and I can team up with them? Yes, obviously, I love Thomas Massey. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, and uh, there's, of course, Justin Amash in mm. uh, Michigan. And, and then you have people like Rand Paul and Mike Lee and Ted Cruz in the Senate, who I very much identify with and I'd like to team up with. You know, it'd be yeah, the four horsemen of freedom uh, next year mm. if I can get in there to help those gentlemen. But, yeah, there are some true defenders of liberty in there, right? We've, we've lost a few over the years. Uh, we've lost a few to uh, to populism, but I think that there, those people have stayed strong. Thomas Massey hasn't caved on any gun measures. Justin Amash is still fighting. You know, Rand is, it was there at 3 a.m. in the morning. He was the only person who stood up there at 3 a.m. and tried to stop that budget from being passed with the trillion-dollar deficits, a million dollars a minute, $20 trillion debt. Rand Paul stood alone, and uh, I don't want him to do that anymore. I'm running to help give some backup to those fine gentlemen. How are you going to how are you going to sell that to the people who no longer see the debt, obviously, as any kind of problem? Well, you know, it's the, it's really the establishment that doesn't see it as any problem. When I talk to the co- the congressmen, you know, they're like, well, we need to govern, you know, and then uh, when, you talk to, <laughs> when you talk to regular people, they do see it as a problem. I was at a high school in Higginsville, Missouri yesterday, and I talked to the young people. They said, what are you what are you going to do about the debt? I'm like, well, you can't cut taxes and increase spending, so you have to make reasonable cuts to spending. I've always advocated for a simple across-the-board penny plan, penny out of every federal dollar cut uh, at just the start, but uh, Congress doesn't seem interested in that, and, and it bothers me because we, you know, they campaigned on the promises for, for seven years. Back in the Tea Party days, Glenn, when you were out there at the Lincoln Memorial, everybody was talking about if you just put Republicans in power, then they yeah. will cut spending, they'll overturn Obamacare. They can't keep their promises. Yeah. And uh, that's the problem is that we send people to Washington just because they have an R after their name, not based on what they believe, but because of what their party is. I think that's the problem. I will tell you, Austin, I have a, a great admiration for you. You've taken on your own home of the libertarian. You are a strong libertarian, um, but there you have spoken uncomfortable things to your own people uh, that had to be said. And I am looking more and more for those people who before they take on somebody else. Take on your problems in your own house first, and I respect you for doing that, and I wish you the best of luck. U.S. Senate candidate in Missouri, Austin Peterson. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.